Last call at Hallis Hall is back on Bears Country Podcast. I was missing it, and I know you guys were missing it too, so I decided to reboot it. Need to take a little bit of downtime. It is the bye week blues time of the season, right? The Bears are not playing this weekend. It's 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 almost like we feel lost without having a Bears game when when the season is on. I, it's 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 always um, just a, it sucks. But here we are at three and ten, and it's kind of well needed because the bye came a little bit late this year for the Bears. Had it been somewhere more around, you know, game eight, game nine, they might not have had some of the injuries that they had, but they did have kind of the mini buy. But um, tonight, we were supposed to be joined by um, Chris Watts from Yorkshire, England, and Nick Welsh, one of our very first uh, guests on Bears Country Podcast. But they both had uh, something fall through and they couldn't make it. So we have a special little surprise for you. Kitty, let's kick this shit off. Bears country. Where is it? It's in your man cave. Your home. Your car. Your local bar. Your city. State. It's across the world. It's in your heart. And it's here. The Bears Country Podcast. Welcome to Last Call at Hallis Hall on Bears Country Podcast. Tonight's a special evening because um, even though we lost Chris and Nick tonight for the show, it it dawned on me that I need to ask this man right now that I'm about to bring on because we've had a lot of good shows before, and uh, I'm so glad he agreed. Nomad, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Yo, how y'all doing out there, man? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. It's great to talk to you again, man. It's great, man. It's great. This season, I would love to know how you feel about it. We haven't talked really since the first game of the season. How are you feeling about 3-10? and 10? Well, I'll just put it to you this way. It was a point in the season <clears throat> where I detached my emotions for reasons I will explain and go into further as the show goes on. But it came a point in the season where I knew to detach my emotions from the season and just pay attention to the details of what's brewing. You know, mm-hmm. if I if you would, 
what are they trying to put in place? What are they, what are they trying to set the, uh, the frame for? Mm-hmm. And I can see it. And some during this show, I'm gonna try to give the best kind of detail to it that I've seen. I will try to give it to everybody out there. That's what I'm interested in hearing because you know we talked a lot in the preseason and training camp and stuff and. I've been curious to know what your thoughts have been on this season because we both thought they were going to be 11 and six. We both did. And it's, it's, we've been riding this high in a way because of the, the moral victories that we had, right? It it almost didn't feel like we were losing. And then we had the loss to the Falcons, which to me was, that was the, one of the worst losses of the season then you have the Jets, which was then the next worst loss of the season. And from that point on, it got to be like, oh, my God, what is going on here? You know, and then the Packers. And geez, the fucking Packers again. And I don't know, man, it's now you're now you start to, to get into this mind frame again, right? Where you're certain are we going? What are we doing in the draft? And it sucks having to think that with four games left, but I don't know. There's four games left to play. Uh, let me tell you what I what I I think what happened was, and I I don't know if I said it to you in on Twitter or if I said it openly in a chat, but I know I said it. I knew there was a point in the season where uh, I think it might have been the sixth close loss of the season where they could have pulled it out. You could see that it went. They they were they were pushing to try to get wins this season. You could see that right away, mm-hmm. but it came a, a point in the season where those uh, close losses piled up, and you can see a change in the strategy, subtle right. change in the strategy, play calling. They dumbed it down quite a bit. They knew internally that this game, this season was probably a, a, a an L, and we needed to start doing some things to improve our positioning for whatever we're doing in the off season. You can see that they did not go into this season, look in the tank. It just turned, it took another turn. And this is just where we are right now. You saw them starting to, they've started off running the ball just really well with not only Justin Fields, but the running backs and they weren't really passing as much. And my thoughts on that were, were that they were, you know, trying to get Justin, uh, developed in the offense and what better way to do that than get the passing game started then you can start to build or i'm sorry the running game started then you can start to build on the passing game as you're getting more and more games built up into the season and that's kind of exactly what's happened you're starting to see from the first game of the season to this last one the pocket passer is an entirely different person and that's what's been so exciting to 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 see is this the, the development of Justin Fields has been ex- the, the entire national media is talking about him. It's not just us. That's crazy. I, I think it's a couple things going on. I think um, number one, you can, you could tell that uh, yeah, I, like I told you in the earlier shows that we did it, it was not going to be overnight when Justin Fields, this offense crystallized on him. Right. It's about right, but right about now. I, right. Like last week, I really started to see because they went back to the uh, kind of the West Coast offense. 
they've been using two offenses. And just, just in case people haven't noticed, the West Coast offense you saw uh, last week because they were trying to put Justin in a position to be a pocket passer and protect himself a little bit better and not have him run the ball so much. That mm-hmm. other offense they run is more of what you see in New York with uh, what's his name, Dayball, and what they're doing with uh, whatever that quarterback's name is, and more of what you see in um, in uh, Baltimore with with, Daniel the, with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So it's been two different offenses they've been running. Yeah. They run they ran the, the West Coast offense this weekend just to protect Justin. That offense you seen the Baltimore offense you seen with heavy Justin runs. That was them being aggressive, still thinking they have a, they had a chance to win this thing. That is an so, excellent point. That, that's right away. Yeah. That's an excellent point. And this offensive line in that last game was they played really well, man. They were giving him that pocket to pass from. And that was exciting to see too, especially with all the injuries that they've had on the offensive line this season. Oh, yeah. Le- I, Le- Leatherwood finally got in the game. He looked good. Riley Reef was playing well, too. I, I think it's, it's more of uh, – it's more it's – they're, they're building continuity. As late as it is in the season, They you can tell they've worked their ass off to try to get this pass pro together to the point where Justin ain't – taking a beating out there and, and damn near getting killed every Sunday. You can see, I can see the uh, past, past pro progressions getting better and better. They have their little letdowns and, you know, sometimes they have major letdowns, but I can see it getting better. And to your point about uh, Leatherwood, man, dude, there's something yeah. really, really natural about seeing him and uh, Tevin Jenkins next to each other like that. Yeah, something there really, is. It just felt good. That did feel good. You're right about that, man. The two of them side by side were playing really well together. I mean, it was his best game as a pocket passer. It really was. And it was because oh, yeah. of the offensive line. And, and considering the, the loss of, of wide receivers, you know, Dollar, Darnell Mooney's gone, you know, uh, the, the injuries that they've had, and for Justin to be, you know, counting on EQ – in this game, and even Claypool a lot more, good signs. It's a lot of good signs, man. Um, a couple of things I want to point out. I really appreciate the process they've taken to deconstruct Alex Leatherwood, give him time to really build his, not only his uh, his stature with his, with his technique, but rebuild his confidence after what happened to him in um, – in, in Las Vegas, really, we just got a, a blue chip Outland Trophy winner right off the scrap heap. Right I off the scrap you, heap. I saw you say that in Twitter. On Twitter, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, that, if anything else I've seen this year, that's probably, I think it's going to end up being the biggest blessing we saw. Mm-hmm. After, after everything plays out, I think he's going to, him being in there with Tevin, and if you listen to uh, the, do you listen to the coaches show? No, I no, not this week. Oh, that's that's worth listening to if you can. Uh, he does that with Jeff Joniak every week. Right. But uh, he's uh, you can hear. I, I listen to the little things that that Eberflus says, and it goes a long way with me because I can picture myself in that place 
and knowing what he's seeing and what he's witnessing, he's telling us that 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 uh, offensive line room is really, really close. And you can tell and you can tell by the way they respond to each other on the field. And that just that's just going to that's going to snowball, dude. Him being next to Tevin Jenkins, being a locker right next to Tevin Jenkins, right. dude, that they're going to rub off on each other. Could you imagine what would happen if uh, just how amazing it would be if in the final five games of the season, they find their offensive line of the future and they don't even have to worry about it in the draft as much? You know, it's not a priority. I, I think it's less of a problem than. I think it's less of a problem than people think it is. I think it's it's I think they have more pieces than people are willing to admit. Just because we haven't seen yeah. Alex Leatherwood doesn't think doesn't doesn't mean there's not a hell of a lot of good things going on in practice. Just because we haven't seen a lot of Jatari Carter doesn't mean it's not a hell of a lot of good things going on in practice. And him in particular, one thing you will notice, if they didn't feel a certain way about him, he'd be on the practice squad. And any team in the league could have put a waiver in and scooped him. He hasn't mm -hmm. seen the practice squad all year. Mm -hmm. They've kept him on the active roster because they know something about him we need to make sure we protect. Mm -hmm. So there's a, probably a lot more going on behind the scenes that intrigues me, I know that, yeah. than, than people are paying attention to. <clears throat> and, and you can tell with them playing like Schofield and, you know, they haven't really put him in the, the games this year, if, if at all. And you can tell it's, they're they're trying to develop this kid on the side because we both saw what he has. Carter's going to be a good one day for sure. And let's talk about Braxton Jones. I mean, it looks like we have our left tackle of the future, man. Uh, you know what, man? Everybody wants to. Everybody, I think everybody puts too much puts too much stock into where someone was drafted, right? Okay, everybody wants to go back into the draft. We need to get a higher-end left tackle. Well, right. listen, the guy's a rookie. He's got rookie strength. But, however, he has held up this year, held up to a high degree for a rookie. I mean, he hasn't gotten Justin killed. He's gotten him a lot of pressures because he's, he's, he's lighting the cakes. Mm -hmm. And in the offseason – He's going to have to work in the weight room at, on his lower body. That dude, if if he can perform to this level as a rookie, his right. his ceiling just, just raises. Yep. He's going to get stronger naturally, yep. even yep. even by on his own. But the weight room and the, and the conditioning program that they have those guys on is just going to exacerbate everything. So, man, dude, they need to just stop that noise about Braxton Jones. Just, he's going to develop and get a lot better than he is now. I love what uh, Marv Levy said to uh, Greg Gabriel that he pointed out. Uh, it's just, it's a quote that I have not forgotten and I'll probably keep saying for the rest of my life, let a rookie be a rookie. And anything that he has made as a mistake is just, they're very minimal to begin with. And it, any one of them that he does make is completely allowed. I mean, this kid is performing so well. And we both talked about it in training camp. You know, we talked about his uh, IQ, basically. 
you hear him speak, he sounds like he's the valedictorian of you know of his college or something. He's very intelligent, and he has all the physical tools to go along with that. It's it's exciting to see that pick come out of nothing because you know with that Khalil Mack trade, that pick that he ended up trading again and getting three picks out of the two in this draft instead of one next year, that one of those is Braxton Jones. And that's that's what's so exciting to think about moving forward with this team. If they do land a high pick, what they can do with that pick, thinking as Ryan Poles does because of what he's done so far. It's it's exciting time. And before I get into that to that second pick, I just want to just top it off this top off this uh Braxton Jones conversation. Yeah. I you know I pay attention to detail, man. That's not new to you. But I, I watched him and I've been studying him closely. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You know, most uh inconsistent tackles, especially left tackles, they the fatal blow for them is normally technique. It's something technical with that with that tackle that he's not able to fix or or brush up and give it a cleaning. He's constantly susceptible to something technique-wise is causing him to lose his reps. Not this dude. More times than not, he is winning technically. You know where he's losing? In the power game. Right. He gets driven back to the quarterback because he doesn't anchor well because he doesn't have the strength below the waist. Right. That's going to come. Yeah. That is going to come. Mm-hmm. But uh, my, buddy, my, buddy know, that, said he need, my buddy said he needs to skip a couple of upper body days and put those towards the lower body days, you know, double them up. No doubt about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no doubt about it. He's definitely got to just got to lock him in the weight room, man, and put his ass on the on the squat press and just, just yeah. leave him in there all night, man. He squat. He said, "If he's squatting two hundred now, get him to two seventy-five. <laughs> Just leave him in there, man. Throw him, slide him some food under the door, and get the fuck away from the room." <laughs> some people don't put the weight in their ass, though. They put it in their gut, you know, and it hangs over their, their, you know, yeah. Midst, yeah. You know, some guys have like, if I got fat, it would all be in my ass and in my legs and in my thighs, and in my so, in my. Caps. Some people don't. Man, you are, you have a great point. That is a good point. And mm-hmm. I've been looking at his body type, and I'm wondering how that's going to play out for him. Does know, he have the uh, Does he have the body type to be able to put pack on that weight below the waist? Let's right. see. It, that's why I you know, it made a good point when my buddy said just skip the upper body workouts and just keep doing the legs. You know because you don't want to overfeed the guy and turn his upper body and make him like wobbly you know at the top so <laughs> he just needs a muscle. weird shaped motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> like one of those guys where they're where, where their boobs like sag down this way you know like <laughs> and then like the, the, the love handles just overgrow the belt line you know <laughs> it's, it's either one way or the other either you're shaped like that or a fucking pair one or the other <laughs> exactly very rarely do you have the ones that are consistent all the way through. You know, those are the Hall of Famers. <laughs> those are like the you know what you know, the farm boys. I, I I got a little I got a little um project for you. You want to compare them to somebody? You want to get a good comparison to them? 
Yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna think I'm full of shit, but until you go and do this homework and go look at them, like I don't know if you can pull it up and put them side by side, you probably can. But he, he's got the same body type as Trent Williams. Hmm. You know well, Trent Williams this, is, right? I'm writing this down. So that's why I don't forget that. Okay, I'll do the comparison. Trent Williams looks he's built exactly like Braxton Jones. It's not very not very below the waist dominant, but he makes yeah. it work for him. He's he's fast like Braxton Jones. He he attacks the run like Braxton so, Jones. He's technically sound like Braxton Jones. Mm-hmm. And he's the best left tackle in the league. Does he have the long legs and the long arms like Braxton Jones? Yep. Yep. All right. I'll, that's a good comparison. I'll check it out. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean he m- moving forward with him I think I think we're set. And there's you know, everyone's saying that it's not just us. It's it's clearly on tape. So, um, I mean, white hair. He's been playing okay this year. He was he was definitely better at left guard than when they put Patrick there. Patrick at left guard was atrocious. We can kind of like just move. Oh. Let's just move along the offensive line and talk about each position. You know, since we're at the the bye week. It's a bye week blues. What do you think about white hair? White hair is a white hair is a really good offensive lineman. He's a really good guard. He he has the flexibility to be able to play center if you need him to to get out of a game. Um, he's not it's not his best position. He's definitely best at guard. Um, is it? You know this. I've been tossing this around in my head about what I think they might do in the off season with uh white hair, white hair might get better offers from somewhere. And I don't think you want to sink that kind of money into a, into a good offensive guard, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of money he's going to get, he's going to probably get overpaid somewhere because the offensive lines in this league are shit and everybody are, everybody's suffering at the offensive line position. So he probably, he'd probably get a handsome ransom out there. I just don't see polls. And Iberflus sinking the kind of money he's going to command into into uh, Whitehair. Is he a free agent after this season? I think his contract is up. I think he. he I'm not sure how is how is worked out, but I don't think. I think he's. I think his contract is over. I don't know. Is it, it's over after this season? Let's, let's check. Does anybody in he's, chat know? Let's see. Cody he, He's solid. White hair is solid, man. I can't see anything. Jay Rock is right. Jay Rock says, uh, "White hair, I, I, yeah, yeah." When when we clearly missed him when he wasn't in there because when they were playing Lucas Patrick at left guard, that was that wasn't uh, fun to watch. When they put actually Schofield played played pretty well at left guard. Let's see. I'm pulling up. Yeah, the contract. Yeah, that was his best. That was his best play. Was that is was that left guard? So there you go. You mm-hmm. know, auditioning that guy right there in that position might have made uh, Whitehair slightly expendable right there. Mm-hmm. Well, plus you have Jatari Ray Carter, who we were talking about earlier. Uh, so yeah. Cody Whitehair's contract goes until 2024. So he'll make 9.8 million next year, and. 10.15 and 24. So I, I, I don't, they might, I don't see they it. Might cut him. 
you you hate to I, you know the Bears have made the fatal flaw consistently of fixing what ain't broke, and right now uh, white hair ain't broke. You know, right. there's really no need to fix it, but he might cost too much in the grand scheme of things or what they're trying to do. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went another direction. Yeah, nine point eight million for a left guard, and then ten point one five and twenty four. That's, I guess they're going to have to kind of. It's going to take some tape review on that to figure out if if it's worth nine point eight or if he's worth nine point eight million next year, right? Depending on what you can get. I mean, do you really think they're going to go into this free agency overhaul like a lot of people do? Do I think they're going to overhaul everything? No. No, but I, I mean, think, like they're going to do a deep dive into free agency for, you know, big names. But I, I'll tell you what I think they're going to do. And this this would be me, and I've, I've given this a lot of thought, just to make sure that you're in position to do the best that you can in the draft, I think they will address needs in free agency. Mm-hmm. What I mean by needs, I mean core positions. Like, let's say, okay, if you have a question about whether Lucas Patrick is going to come back healthy, if you got a question about is Sam Mustafer, do you want him to start or do you want do you see him as the you know, he's a man, dude. I don't don't get me started about Sam Mustafa, man, dude. I I'm not like everybody else when it comes to that that dude, man. I, I'm really impressed by Sam Mustafa through all his ups and downs. But yeah. or do you want to do you want to address that position? Are you cool with? Because Lucas Patrick didn't get a really good shot at showing what he could do at center this year. It just did not fall his way this year. Right. But they're gonna address the core needs, I think, in free agency, whether it be offensive line. Definitely defensive line. I think the most money is going to get spent there. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to address the majority of that in free agency. So you you talking about, I think it's going to be big money spent up front in the trenches. Big money. And I think they're going to go in the draft with best player available and mix it all up. Yeah, because if you can add, I mean, if there's so many different avenues, right? If they have the second pick, they can trade that down, but they still might not get, let's just say, Jalen Carter. Um, it, it, so then they wouldn't be banking on that. They would have to go out and if they could sign someone in free agency, let's say a, you know, an ex, an outside pass rusher, a, a left end or a right end or whatever, and then they can end up getting like a Jalen Carter or someone like that in the draft just pair with that guy that's going to make the defensive line like instantly better i mean there's so many avenues do me a quick favor do not fall into do not fall into the trap of everybody gets you wrapped up into there's 10 to 12 names whether it be jalen carter will anderson jackson smith and the jigba whoever the hell the 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 person of the day is that everybody keeps repeating don't get caught up into that there's a lot more talent out there and i'm going to tell you who i think is the best player in the draft i think i did already yeah you did i'm gonna say it live i'm gonna say it live to everybody listening right now i'm gonna tell you who the best player in the draft and i'm gonna get a little caveat on top of that because if you're the best player in the entire draft the entire draft any position hands down is trenton simpson from uh from Clemson. He's a he's li- he's listed as a linebacker, but he's not a linebacker solely. 
He's a linebacker. He's a defensive end. He's also a DB. Unfucking heard of. Somebody that can be equally effective at any layer of your defense. And I'm not just saying that. It's, this shit is on tape. I seen it. I seen it with my own eyes. I have never in my life, in my entire life, and I watched a lot of goddamn football, seen a player be able to play at all three levels effectively. All three. He can play safety. He plays a slot. He can rush from the hash. He plays line. He, and he's effective at every last bit of it. You know what that is? That's a defensive coach's wet dream. You go watch the tape and prove me wrong. I'm, I'm trying to just pull up his name here. Trenton Simpson. I'm, the, the closest comparison I can give you to that dude, and this is going to sound ridiculous to you because he's probably the people who consider him the best player to ever play football, Lawrence Taylor. Whoa, okay. Six three, two hundred and forty pounds. <clears throat> He can do it all. You can put that dude literally anywhere on the field. Oh, yeah. So I remember you saying in Twitter, he was like, um, you were comparing him to um, uh, the, the Cowboys linebacker. Uh, damn it, what's his name? Micah Parsons. Yes. Yes. You, you think you think Micah Parsons tears up games? This dude, This dude can affect games in ways Micah Parsons can't. He can do everything Micah Parsons can do and some. All right. I'm gonna that's when I get off of this, when we're done with last call of hell, so I'm gonna look this guy up because I meant to do that and I forgot. I wrote it down, so now I will. You I will mean, see him lined up at at the edge, you will see him lined up at linebacker, you will see him guarding the slot receiver, you will see him playing some secondary, I mean some safety. There's nowhere on the field he can't affect the game. Man, you're making me want to fucking just watch a YouTube video of him right now. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe Treviso is making a good point. Yes, but you have to, Joe, you got to go check him out for yourself and you'll see the difference. You talking about, you talking about Brisker, matching him out there with Brisker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Brisker is, oh, God, is he awesome. He's he a monster, I'm telling you, bro. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, so where do you see that guy realistically going in the draft? So if the Bears trade down. Let's just, let's say. just say they trade back. Let's just say they kept the two and they and they uh, well, they they were at two when it's time for draft and they traded back. If you look at most people's and I, and I try not to pay attention to people's mocks, but uh, most people got him drafted in the top 15, top 20. You know, but so so they can get somebody who's uh, desperate for a guy in that top five, top seven and trade back and get a couple. Couple spots back there and they can allow some stuff to play out and they can get him a little bit later in the first run, mm -hmm. you know, and a pick earlier. Do you think that the Lions or the? do you think that let's just say that it ends up with the Bears have the second and the Lions have the third from the Rams. And they also have, like, let's say the 11th pick or the 12th or 13th pick. If they offered it to trade those two picks to the Bears, do you think that 
I'm not asking if you would, but do you think the Bears would do that? Because I know the Lions would. They've already traded with the Vikings twice this year. Do you think the Lion or the Bears would trade with the Lions? They want okay, to run that scenario by me. Run, wait a minute. run that by me one more time. I'm gonna make sure I get this right. Okay, so let's just say the season's over. The Bears have the second pick. The Lions have the third pick, who they acquired from the Rams via the uh, Matthew Stafford trade, right? And and let's say right. the Rams end up with the third pick, um, or the fourth pick, right? Because it might actually be the Seahawks that have that that pick. Or no, no, I mean, I'm sorry, the Broncos. Might, the Broncos might be third. So let's just say the C, the Rams are the fourth, and I'm sorry, the Lions have the fourth pick from the Rams, and then they have like the 13th pick, and they offer to trade the Bears those two picks for their first, their second pick in the draft, so they can draft maybe a quarterback. Do you think the Bears would do that? I would do it all every day in the week and twice on fucking Sunday. So would I, but I'm asking, do you think the Bears would? Yeah. you think they would like want to uh, possibly give the Lions a, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback? I mean, with the team right now? at the end of the day, the Lions are going to get what they need. We have to get what we need. Mm-hmm. We need we need capital and we need uh, some great players at those positions. If they see that, if they let's just say that scenario starts to play out during the draft and they see that, OK, a guy that we covet, we target. Let's just say we don't get the, the guy that we wanted initially, but there are some good, really good, solid freaking players at that same position that can be just as effective as him later on in this draft. Hell, yeah, you take it. And then we'll be able to get, be able to get another high level. Of, yeah. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. I totally agree. I just wonder if either of those two teams would do that. I wonder if the Lions – you could even include the Lions in that. Would the Lions even do that? I know they've traded with the Vikings twice, but that wasn't loading up the Bears, you know? There's I mean, a lot of dudes – there's a lot of teams that are going to be thirsty for Will Anderson and thirsty for, for Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to take nothing away from any of those guys. Those guys are going to be great players if they run if they fall into the right system. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about Jalen Carter, and I get it. The dude's explosive. He's a difference maker. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you guys something about the three-tech position and the defensive tackle position. It doesn't happen overnight. And the three-tech isn't isn't the the three-tech is an assignment. Everybody talks about it like, oh, everybody can't play three-tech. Yes, the fuck they can if they have the right kind of agility. Anybody can right. play the uh, three-tech. It's an assignment. It's you put yourself over the right shoulder of, of the guard on either side of the ball and you try to get penetration or whatever that play determines you need to be doing, it's an assignment. But everybody blows it all out of proportion, man. Listen, Jalen Carter is a great fit for that role. However, can you imagine, if you can tell me, you, if, if people think he's going to be so dominant, I just want to see people put a one up in this chat if they think that he can dominate Tevin Jenkins. Put a one up. You think he's so goddamn dominant? Can he dominate Tevin Jenkins? Put a That's one a up in question. the chat. I want to see it. Yeah. What do you guys think <clears> of the chat? <throat> can Jalen Carter dominate Tevin Jenkins? If you agree, put up a one. <laughs> I don't I know. That's a good question. Tevin Jenkins is a... 
it's 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 shorty it is not as simple these these guys take time to develop they these he's playing against college players and these guys are really good players too but they're not grown men right <laughs> these are grown fucking men you got to deal with on the pro level and you got to deal with them every sunday it's not like you're gonna run into uh lsu or georgia i mean uh alabama one week and no you got to run into that every week in the nfl you're going to run to that caliber of play right so how's how's the guy uh who played beside him in georgia the jordan jordan something something jordan he's pleased he got drafted by the eagles big ass dude oh jordan davis Jordan Davis, yeah, they were calling him the mini Jordan or the mini Davis. That they were calling Jalen Carter that uh, when they played together. I, I, do you know how he's doing in Philadelphia? Because I haven't paid attention to any other teams. He's trying to come off an injury. He got uh, he got beat up a little bit early in the season. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's probably missed the last couple of games, but he's coming off an injury and trying to get ready for the playoffs. He's uh. I mean, he hasn't blown anybody away, but he's a big, huge body. You know, mm-hmm. he's just—he is what he is. He's not a three tech. He's a—he's a, a nose tackle, and what he does right. is command a double team. And right. I mean, nothing he, special so far. But he was pretty dominant in college, right? That's yes, my he point. was. Right. My—I'm going That's my point. Is you're not guaranteed that Jalen Carter is going to be a superstar. You're not. I mean, we see it happen time and time again where, you know, players in the first – you know, what, what's going on with uh, the quarterback on the Jets? Zach, Zach Wilson, you know. He got benched. That's fucking I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. That's fucking hilarious the way you put that out there. I mean – that just goes to show you, you know, people get so wrapped up into these names that everybody keep repeating. You keep seeing them on Twitter. You keep seeing them every time you go on the chat. You keep seeing them, keep and you get your expectations go up so high. Yeah, and they get in the league, and guess what? It takes time. It takes time, mm-hmm. and to come to find out, what's his name? Bryce Wilson is a is a a freaking affluent kid that's been rich his whole life and doesn't have the pit bull inside him. He doesn't give a fuck if he wins or loses. He doesn't really give a fuck. You're talking about Zach Wilson on the Jets? Yeah, yeah, yeah Zach yeah. Wilson on the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't care. He's rich anyway. Mm-hmm. He mean, doesn't care. You saw the statement. Uh, did you have any what, – what was it? They asked him if he, if, any, if he had anything to do with that loss or whatever, and he was like, no. Just a, Lost the locker room. Right then and yeah, there. This is an arrogant prick. Right. Meanwhile, Justin Fields is apologizing to his defense. And if they have to cut him off mid paragraph, like, no, 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 no. Please stop. <laughs> I mean, if this draft was, we're getting so off, off subject because we're still on uh, Cody White here. But if this draft was to be done over again, Justin Fields would be number one or number two. He might even be number one. No, he's number one with a bullet. If you if you looking at the tape, yeah. if you looking at the tape, 
I don't, I don't, I can't remember everybody that was drafted ahead of him, but I don't know. Shit. I don't know nobody that's I'm, I'm drafting. But no, dude, that dude is transcendent. There is nobody in the league that can do what that guy can do. Nobody. He is one of one. He is so exciting. I can't believe he's a bear. It's just, Man. he just looks good in the uniform, wearing number one, and he just, I mean, I can't believe we actually have a quarterback, no man. We actually have a quarterback. This is this is amazing. It's almost like I don't know what to it's, do with myself. It's, it's, you know, everybody, it's a lot of people in that state, they can't believe it's true. It's like, it's, it's, it's too good to be true. You know what? Do we really have the quarterback? This dude is the most explosive player in the NFL. In the NFL, and we got him. My cousin texted me uh, yesterday, and he said, this is the first time that the Bears have had a quarterback that the net that hasn't had his confidence destroyed by the national media. And I thought about that for a second. I was like, that is so true because, you know, Rex Grossman was the talk of the, the league in the first seven games in 2006. You know, they, they were talking about him being MVP of the league. And then he has that game against Arizona, and all of a sudden he has small hands. And that just exposed him, and they beat him down. And, you know, Rex Grossman might have had a chance if it, it wasn't for everyone just destroying him everywhere that he turned. And then the good Rex, bad Rex thing, and the turnover source Rex bullshit. You know, that stuff goes a long way to killing someone's confidence when you're trying to do something like play quarterback in the fucking NFL, if you're paying attention to it. And I, I have to imagine at some point it gets hard to drown out when it's the national narrative. And when you're seeing Justin Fields have the, uh, the national narrative is that he's a superstar and not that he has small hands or that he, you know, whatever it goes a long way to build that confidence in himself too. And fuck if, if we're, if we're seeing it on the field and it's, it's absolutely incredible to watch these run this run after run after run the, each game. It's like, he's breaking his own record. I mean, he he's broken. If, if you want to include it, he's broken like four bears records for rushing touchdowns for a quarterback this year on top of all the records. He, he's broken the NFL for that too. So he's broken so many records this year. It's like, it's awesome. Although it, it is all for rushing, but nonetheless, it's still nice to see. You know what I've been doing a lot of lately? I've been I've been thinking about uh, the first couple of pods we did and how expressive I was. And you might not remember in detail. You will probably remember a few details when I start saying it. But uh, I remember telling you I'm, i was telling you man i'm like this dude is special this dude don't don't worry about it this dude is special he's got a he's got a there's a tiger behind his eyes i mm -hmm. see it i saw it early and and as i've been watching this season him going through those early ups and downs and i'm telling you something man, and don burr i don't think is in this chat but he'll probably think i was picking at him right now but justin had a run at the end of a uh, a touchdown run where he just fucking flattened.
Deshaun Elliott, I mean, flattened him. Mm -hmm. That's important. Mm -hmm. But if you go back and look at that play, look at how he, look at his response after that and how the team responded to him. When he walked to the sidelines, it was just, man, it was like an aura around that dude. Mm -hmm. And that, that right there confirmed everything I thought about Justin. That mm -hmm. boy is a competitor. More than anything else he is, he is going to find a way to win. You, you talking about B and C level talent we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. I know, man. It, his will to win is similar to that of uh, Michael Jordan or a Walter Payton. It, it's been so fucking frustrating this year to see all the comeback wins taken away. Did we lose you? Did we lose Nomad? I think we lost Nomad. But we have all of these comeback wins that should have happened this season. I mean, the Packers, they were they were on the goal line and they couldn't score. How many times were they on the goal line against the, the, the uh, commanders and couldn't score? They had a comeback drive going along against the Vikings. And Marset has the ball stripped. And then you have the Cowboys game. We had a real chance to win that game. The Dolphins game, there, there was a, a no call on a pass interference and a, and a bad pass interference against Eddie Jackson during the game. I mean, all, these, all of these things kind of add up to, like, you're seeing that this kid has the ability to be a comeback kid. He's just been denied for reasons that are out of his control. And once he starts getting those, he's going to be, he's going to be that kid that's going to be able, you're going to be like, okay, we're down by six points. We're going to win this game. I know it. Go ahead, buddy. I know I lost you. So I was trying to make up for you. you you're getting cut out. So it's your turn to talk. <laughs> Are you there? Did we lose you again? Ah, oh, shit. Is your audio? Did you? We have your video, Nomad. Did you lose your audio? All right. Well, I'm going to keep rambling then. So, I mean, it's amazing that we actually are able to finally recognize that we actually have a quarterback. Looks like he's back. Maybe. Maybe not. You there? Um, Nomad? And I think my animal is betraying me. <laughs> Dude, I've been having problems with StreamYard myself recently. It, it's been kicking me out too. So, um, think it's StreamYard. It might be. It's kicked me out a couple of times. I just had to like turn my uh, my camera and my audio back on, my mic back on. But I rambled on enough there. I was just talking about how, you know, we've we finally have a quarterback, and. He hasn't had those comeback wins. He's had plenty of them that should have happened, but they were denied for reasons that were out of his control. And once he starts actually getting those, I mean, that's what he's going to be known for. That's how, that's how good this kid is. All right, did I lose you again? <laughs> I think we lost him again. Steve Phillips, he has the flash that the nation loves, that I love. Yes, he has that flash, Steve. I mean, 
Look, I was just saying what you said, Steve. This is the first time that we, or that the our quarterback has not had his confidence destroyed by the national media. That goes a long way in saying something because, uh, you know, Rex Grossman was having a, a really good season until the small hands thing came out. And uh, so I, I gave you some credit for that, Steve. Looks like we're losing uh, Nomad. Maybe he, if you're listening, Nomad, just reset your internet and come on back, man. So three and 10. I mean, and when we if, if Nomad comes back, we'll kind of get our way down the offensive line because we were on um, Cody White here. We want to talk a little bit about Mustafer, and then we can talk a little bit about well, probably a lot about Tevin Jenkins and the right tackle position, of course, which needs a little bit of – that's a good discussion. You back, buddy? I can hear you, man. All right. Um, so – where you where I left off with you was fields um, and the comebacks that were denied this season. And if he would have had those comebacks, you know, what would the narrative be about him then? Because so many of them were out of his control. You know, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. The Marset strip, the the goal line stances against the commanders, you know, the the even the first Packers game getting into the Around the goal line and not being able to score. Um, the Giants game, the Dolphins game with the no call. I lost you again. All right, well we're we're just gonna we're just gonna move on from that subject. <laughs> so moving into this three and ten season. I mean, I I had him at eleven and six. I know Nomad had him at eleven and six. They're not eleven and six. They're three and ten. So at this point. You really have no choice but to start looking forward to the draft. And that's what we have been doing our entire lives as Bears fans. Nomad, do you need to reset your internet or something? You there? We lost you again. Cliff, you want to join us? We keep losing Nomad. <laughs> Nomad, reset your internet, dude. Uh, let's see. Cliff, Baker Mayfield. Ooh. Wow, he's playing tonight? Holy shit. Get out of here. I don't even know who's playing tonight, to be honest. That, that, that's how much of a Bears fan I am. I'm doing a fucking podcast on a Thursday night football game, so um, I don't even know who's playing. <laughs> Hopefully the nomad is resetting his internet. Kid, do you want to join me since we're since I'm just rambling on right now? No, no, Kitty, you don't want to join me. <laughs> Last call at Hal's Hall is going great tonight, guys. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> so yeah, Cliff had a couple of guests and they fell through and nomad decided to come on so uh, we're having a good time tonight but we keep we keep he keeps getting dropped out so hopefully he's doing an internet reset and then he will be back and i'd like to get his his thoughts on the comebacks that didn't happen this year because i mean if justin fields would have had the fucking comebacks that he should have had this year he would be even more the talk of the league 
because we would be we'd have a winning record. Okay, he needs me to resend him the link. Let me just do that. And I'm going to go over to here. And uh, Kitty, are you sure you didn't want to hop in here? Kitty's probably not even in her office right now. <laughs> so um, let's see. I'm just sending Nomad a new link to the show. See if that works for him. And uh, in the meantime, I'll just keep rambling on because it is my podcast. So 3 and 10. Yeah, let's go to Joe Treviso. Let's just talk to you guys in chat. Joe Treviso, shorty touch on the possible wide receiver court for 23. I, yeah, that's a good question, dude. That's a very good question, Joe. There's going to be a mix of free agency, in my opinion. They're definitely going to draft a guy. Um, not high. So anyone clamoring for that wide receiver in the, you know, first round, just put that to bed. Unless they end up trading down and get a couple of picks in the first round, one of them being a later first rounder. I think they could go for a wide receiver in the 18 to 32 range, maybe. If they're above that, they might go for, ooh, dare I say, Offensive line, I don't know. It depends on who's there. We have to get to that point in the in the you know off season where we know who's coming out, who's available in the draft. I definitely think to what you're saying, Cliff Mooney, definitely Claypool, Nikhil Harry will I think will be back. I'm not sure Pettis or EQ will be back, but uh, are you back, Nomad? No. Damn, bro. It looks like you're – are you sure you don't have, like, a mute button set on your on your device there? Well, that's fucking weird. We were, we were cruising along just fine, guys. Um, you know, how do you guys feel about when there's no Bears game during the week? I mean – it sucks because I don't really watch other teams play. So Sundays for me without Bears football is uh, – it means I have chores to do. So that kind of sucks for me. <laughs> right, Kitty? Are you there, Kitty? Yes, you have chores there to you do. Are. <laughs> there you are. I don't know what's going on with Nomad. He – I mean, I could try to be a nomad, you know what I'm saying, and uh, fill in for him <laughs> in his place, maybe. Yeah, there's there's been some issues with StreamYard lately, uh, which is what we use, and um, I lost my own connection several times, and doing a show, hell, Cliff, you know what that's about. You had to, you had to sit there and take over the show for me for 20 minutes. Oh, I think we got him back. Hold on, let's try this one. Let's try this again, guys. Are you are you there? I'm here. Damn, there you go. <laughs> so before I lose before I lose you again. No, it, it on our side it showed you were up. Yeah, it, it must be a stream out issue. So um I wanted to ask you, like, what do you feel about all of the comeback 
wins that didn't happen from Justin Fields this year. Because if he would have gotten those those wins and all the games you know about, we don't have to re I don't have to rehash them for, for the fourth time in case I lose you again. But what do you think about that? I mean, if you were to add those to his resume. Oh, did I lose you again? That is so fucking weird. Let me try to remove you and then re-add you. You there now? No? Oh, well. Well, I guess that's it for Last Call at Hallis Hall. I'm we're not able to keep this connection going with uh, Nomad. I don't know if it's a StreamYard thing or if it is a an issue with his internet or whatever, but we're going on an hour here anyway, which is about what I wanted to do. And um, I, I just kind of wanted to wrap up the rest of the offensive line. I mean, I think Sam Musifer has been playing better than people give him credit for. Uh, Tevin Jenkins obviously has been playing better. I mean, playing extremely well, I should say. Let's see if he's here again. Tevin Jenkins obviously All right, you there now? I guess for a couple of seconds. I don't know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Man, just give us your rundown on the comebacks that didn't happen from Justin Fields this year. Well, I look at it all as divine intervention, man. I look at it all as this is what's supposed to happen in order for us to get to where we need to be. And I don't look at it other any any other way than that. This, these close losses, these tough feelings that everybody has about what's been happening, I think it's all written for yeah. us to get to where we need to get to. So I sw that's why I detach my emotions from it all. Yeah. And we lost you again. Uh, damn it! Well... Maybe we'll have to try this again next week and see if StreamYard is working better to keep that connection because it's just not working out tonight. And uh, I think that's enough. <laughs> Man, uh, it's been a lot of fun talking with Nomad. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. We'll try to get him back on the show. I know he was having fun tonight and he had a lot more to say. Um, unfortunately, I had, the, I had the show planned for about an hour anyway. So... Um, because we're getting ready to uh, go on a little escapade in a couple of days. So I need to um, get some stuff done tonight. So I uh, thank you all so much for joining us tonight for Last Call at Hallis Hall on Bears Country Podcast. The uh, re-debut of Nomad? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how much more he wants to join us. It was fun talking with you, Nomad. Thank you all for joining us in chat. I love you guys. Without you, Bears Country Podcast doesn't happen. And make sure that you like, subscribe, set your notifications. And until next time, ready? One, two, three, Bears! Mm -hmm.